Welcome back to this podcast on the major themes of scripture. I'm so glad you're here today. Welcome. This is an important course that is intended to provide the listener from its beginning to the end the a com- complete and healthy uh, summary of the major themes that God wants us, wants us to understand from Scripture, from salvation <clears throat> to our security of salvation to how we live the Christian life. It is a what we call a biblical theology, a topical study that's taken completely within the Bible and not using extra biblical traditions such as Augustine or Charles Ryrie, <clears throat> which you can find from other sources, some really excellent theologians. Uh, go to the website, there are the notes, read by disclaimer. As I, I've said before, I'm not an official theologian. There's uh, another podcast by John Grunden, a, an official theologian. I have studied uh, as a physician for years the scriptures uh, faithfully to end, end the um, theologians, which I mentioned, to bring to you this podcast, uh, hopefully an efficient summary of what Scripture says. There are other people who disagree, uh, some maybe <clears throat> based on extra biblical traditions or maybe their own interpretation of Scriptures. Ultimately, it's up to you yourself to learn how to study Scripture, see what me and, and other people say about the Scripture. It comes to your own faithful conclusion. I urge you, though, in doing this, look at Scripture in a literal way. All the Bible is God's Word. It's to be interpreted in a normal, literal way, and um, nothing is to be excluded. And I think that if you do that, you will will faithfully uh, come to conclusions at least close to what I'm saying and other conservative theologians like Schaefer and and Ryrie and and Erickson. so, but this is this is up to you. So, um, take that for what it's worth. And today we are in the plan of God, a wonderful topic. Last time we covered the Old Testament, and this time we'll cover the Gospels and the Church. What do we mean by the plan of God? Well, God has, uh, from all time before, He He chose us, as we know from Scripture, and He planned salvation knowing that there would be a sin problem, indeed there was a sin problem, and from that time in the Garden of Eden, uh, he planned to take care of that sin problem through Messiah. He progressively revealed uh, to his people, the people who believed in him, uh, what that plan is, and then he, uh, so all throughout the Old Testament, he gave teachings through his word and symbols, types, and prophecy so people would know who Messiah would be when he came to save them from their sins. So ultimately, uh, after four years, 400 years of silence from the time of Nehemiah and, and Ezra and the return of the uh, Jews to the land from exile in Babylon to the time of the first coming of Christ, uh, there, was, there was silence and Christ came at the right time. Now, it's important the Gospels are, are so precious because they give us the words of Christ and what he did for us in dying on the cross and resurrecting. And yet it's only partial information. Realize that Christ came 
as we see from Matthew 3, Matthew 4, and Matthew 10, to causes people to repent because the kingdom would come. So again, this is controversial and people will look at it in a different way, but he says clearly the kingdom has come and he is the king. So he, he's come to bring, and what was the kingdom? The kingdom was the promised salvation and the promised kingdom to the Jews. So he came to the Jews, asking them to repent, see him as Messiah and the king of that kingdom, and they would receive their salvation. Uh, from there, of course, all the world would be saved and the Gentiles, but they rejected. The Jews rejected Messiah by Matthew 12 and really earlier. So Christ took the kingdom, <clears throat> excuse me, from them, Matthew 22, and instituted the time or, or gave hints to the time of the church, Matthew 13, perhaps Matthew 16 and, and Matthew 18. Okay, so this is important. Being rejected, he told, he didn't really name the church per se or describe it. Maybe he named it in Matthew 16 and 18. That's controversial, but he didn't describe it. The church wasn't active, but he told of a time of when um, God's people or his assembly really would advance across the earth. So, after that time, after he, he mentions in Matthew 13, he concentrates mostly on teaching the disciples. Uh, he, he still deals with the Pharisees. He still does miracles. But the nature of that ministry does change <clears throat> and focusing on his disciples, on his disciples, so they would be prepared for his going away. And would withstand the pressure and the anxiety <clears throat> until he resurrects and comes back to them and ultimately is uh, brought up to heaven at the time of Pentecost to sit at the right hand of God the Father, from which he will send the Holy Spirit. He did send the Holy Spirit, and the church began in Acts 2. Okay, let me go over this again. Christ came first to the Jews to present to them the kingdom. He presented himself as dictated from the Old Testament in terms of a prophecy in the lineage of David and his and the uh, miracles, so the Jews would know that he was Messiah, and they rejected him. So he took the kingdom from them and provided the time of the church as an intermediate period till he came a second time, which we'll talk about next week, a second time and would bring the full kingdom. Now, importantly, what is the kingdom? How's the church relate to the kingdom? Again, this is controversial, but the Holy Spirit was promised to the Jews in Ezekiel 37 and Isaiah 59 as part of the kingdom. So when Christ instituted the time of the church, he is providing the Holy Spirit to us. Otherwise, the spiritual aspects of the kingdom with him sitting at the right hand of God, the Father and leading the church, but not yet the physical aspects which will come only at his second coming. Okay, so of course, at the end of the Gospels, <clears throat> Christ died, he resurrected, he appeared to the 500, he ascended and sat down. <clears throat> now, this is important from Ephesians 2, from uh, Romans 8. Sitting down meant that he finished his redemptive work on our behalf. 
he wasn't going to do this again, Romans 6, Hebrews 6, excuse me, and uh, to provide salvation for everyone in the world who chose to uh, believe. Otherwise, God had to choose them to believe, but they, uh, it was there for everybody, the salvation, and all their sins would be forgiven. So that part of his work was over, and in he then instituted the church by sending the Holy Spirit and, and God sending the Holy Spirit from which he leads the church until he comes again. So God's people during this time are the true believers in the church, whether Jew or Gentile, they're the same. The Jews were God's people in the Old Testament, and yet both Jew and Gentile have been made one person inside the church have been upgraded in their relationship to God and being in his family and having the Holy Spirit and being regenerated. Both are looked at as the same now as one person saved by Christ. God works through his people in the church during these times. Importantly, the information for us, as we've often spoken of in this podcast, to believers in the church is through the apostolic epistles from Romans through Revelation chapter 3. Now, why would that be? Most people want to go to the Gospels and see what Jesus said, and that's wonderful, and it's all true in what Christ did for us in bringing us salvation. But understand, as Christ said to the disciples in the Upper Room Discourse in John 14 to 16, I have much to say to you, but you, you can't tolerate it. To people then, the only decision they could really make was whether to faithfully follow Christ on earth. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They weren't regenerated. So the information that he could give them about how to live and how to be obedient and how to impact the world for him and be Christ's servant is very limited. So it's only after the church began, after the Spirit came down, after the regeneration that man could understand and comprehend more advanced teaching of the word which is what paul says he gave in ephesians 3 6 and also colossians 1 25. it was up to paul primarily although much is, comes through john and peter to fill up what was missing in terms of god's word so to repeat we as Christians follow primarily that our commands, our commands come through the apostolic letters. All the Bible is God's word. It tells of his plan. It tells of his love, the amazing character and actions of our God, the terrible actions of man, uh, God's plan and prophecy. It's just amazing what God reveals through his word. But our commands are through the apostolic letters. Okay. Gospels are there to present the uh, salvation to the Jews. They rejected it. And so God institutes, Christ institutes the time of the church. And after his death and resurrection, he ascended and sent the Holy Spirit. And it's the apostolic letters then um, for true born again believers who have the Holy Spirit, who've been regenerated, they believe by faith alone. Those letters, those apostolic letters are for them for which we can do greater things, better things than what we could, than what a gospel believer could do. 
who didn't have the regeneration and who did not have the spirit and didn't have the knowledge and couldn't comprehend that knowledge. Okay, great stuff. If you have questions, let me know. Go to the website, leave a comment, leave a question. We'll try to deal with this. Next week, we'll talk about the end times, which is actually the last segment. If we if we get through the end times in one segment, but the last topic that we'll cover in this course, I hope it's been useful to you and I'm glad that you've attended. Thanks so much and I'll see you next time.